Welcome back to the show. My guests in this segment are soprano Patrice Michaels and recording studio owner James Ginsburg here to talk about the Supreme Court's Ruth Bader Ginsburg celebrated new album, Notorious RBG in Song, sung by soprano Patrice Michaels on Sidi Records, the record company owned by James. Patrice Michaels has performed on stage in concert and in recital since her debut with the Cleveland Opera. Her operatic appearances include Lyric Opera of Chicago, Central City, Tacoma Opera, the Banff Center, and Chicago Opera Theater. She's been guest soloist of the Shanghai Czech National, St. Louis, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Minnesota Orchestras, the Maryland Handel Festival, Kansas City and Virginia Symphonies, as well as New York's Concert Royal, Chicago's Music of the Baroque, and the Maverick Festival. Her guest appearances include Chicago Chamber Musicians, the Schubert Club of St. Paul, the Festival Contemporary Music in Havana, Cuba, tours of Central and South America with Trio Chicago and Friends, with pianist John Browning for music at the Supreme Court and at Guanajuato's International Festival Cervantino. Ms. Michaels can be heard on more than 25 critically acclaimed recordings, including on the Sedil label, where she's featured most recently in Intersection, Jazz Meets Classical Song. We'll be right back to that theme later in the interview. An advocate for the music of contemporary composer Laurie Altman, she can be heard singing his compositions in Encores on Albany Records and in the recently released Sonic Migrations recording on Niels. A Mozart specialist, Patrice Michaels, tours a special concert released on the Sidi label Divas of Mozart's Day. She completed her BAs in music and theater from Pomona College and her MFA in voice from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. Formerly a professor of music at Lawrence University's Conservatory of Music, Patrice now resides in Chicago and serves as director of vocal studies at the University of Chicago. My other guest, James Ginsburg, is a music producer. He's the founder producer of Sedil Records, a label he launched back in 1989 while studying at the University of Chicago. He launched Sedil Records to focus on classical music produced by artists and composers in Chicago. The label is based in the Edgewater neighborhood of the city. Long live community radio along with community music production, I say. Encouraged by the critical and commercial response to his early recordings, Ginsburg abandoned law school in his second year to devote himself full-time to Sedil Records. In 2009, the Chicago Tribune nominated Ginsburg as, quote, Chicagoan of the year, end quote, honoring him as one of the last independent entrepreneurs in classical recording, a man who has stuck to his artistic vision and made a success of it at a time of market shrinking and industry downsizing, they said. In 2010, Ginsburg won the Helen Coburn Meyer and Tim Meyer Charitable Foundation for the Arts Achievement Award. And James, you earned your BA in what at the University of Chicago? Actually, in economics, and I'll just make one note. Uh, Sadie is actually a nonprofit uh, label, so I don't own it. Uh, I, I run it for the uh, mission of recording and promoting these wonderful Chicago artists. And the community spirit, and always. Thank you. Both are here today to take stock of their latest achievement, their collaboration with pianist Kuang Hao Huang, Three parts education, three parts entertainment, and six parts inspiration. 
Both Patrice Michaels and James Ginsburg come to us today from Chicago. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Patrice and James. Thanks so much. It's great to be talking with you. Well, congratulations, both of you, on this remarkable tribute, I'd like to call it. If ever a tribute was due, it's the woman who embodies the long game like no other, sort of an uncanny combination of workhorse and diva. So it's uh, natural for us and everybody who's put you on, you've been put on the, the introduction launching and interview tour. We want to know about the genesis of this project, which I understand to be entirely separate from the documentary we're all familiar with in similar name. Okay, so how did you, Patrice, conceive of this project? Well, actually, it was a tiny little gift that started it all. James and his sister Jane wanted to give a special present to their mother for her 80th birthday five years ago. And since singing and music are really the things that she loves outside of the law, uh, it was uh, easy for them to imagine that a gift of new songs would be something she would particularly enjoy. And particularly from women composers. So... So uh, for one, the, just uh, one oh. moment, uh, just one thing I want to say. Now, Patrice, for from now on, instead of outside of the law, I would hope you would say alongside of the law. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, oh, James, so, you were saying. So for her 80th birthday, we chose three specific texts, and we chose the composers and matched them up. Uh, and two of the texts were actually 50th birthday tributes uh, to my mother, the one that uh, we assigned to Chinese-Canadian composer Vivian Fung, who now lives in the United States, was my sister's tribute. It was a pot roast recipe, uh, tongue-in-cheek, yes. uh, because mother's pot roast was truly horrible. Uh, and the recipe is full of asides, which give a portrait of the Ginsburg family household in the evening, his lines, you know, his cooking instructions, such as rewrite your child's English essay. And it also includes references to actual real culinary mishaps, uh, such as the uh, roast ham with sliced thumb and the uh, singed eyebrows. Um, oh. That really did happen to my mother before we retired her from the kitchen. And Vivian had the brilliant idea of setting this thing to... Uh, uh, music reminiscent of Bernstein's La Bonne Cuisine. So there's a real irony in, in the music there, which is particularly delicious. Oh, my goodness. So that's one, so that's one setting. Then the other composer, uh, Stacy Garrop, a Chicago composer that CD Records has championed uh, in recent years, uh, we assigned her probably the toughest task. Uh, this was the letter my mother and I found in my father's hospital room right before he passed away. And it's uh, a final love letter to my mother. And it's incredibly touching. And and Stacy's uh, music makes it even more um, pathetic in, in the good sense of that word. And I have to agree, it is a tough job to sing that song, but worth every second of it. It's a really beautiful song. I hope people enjoy it. And the other text was another 50th birthday tribute, this time from a typist at my father's law firm, recently uh, emigrated from Spain, who comes you know, to the United States and is suddenly handed these, as she writes, uh, yellow legal pads of handwritten notes, uh, which were my mother's early writings on gender discrimination, which make absolutely no sense to her. But uh, the refrain in the letter and the song is, I kept typing. 
And it's a conversion story to feminism through writing my mother's texts. And that one, of course, was assigned to Patrice. And I found that that one rolled off my pencil just without any effort whatsoever. Uh, I had always been a composer back since the days of high school. And uh, at my postgraduate studies in Banff, where I was both singing and composing, I had to make a decision. So when I came back to the States, I came back as a singer. And I thought, I will pick up my composition life when the singing uh, allows me to do so. And this little project really was the watering can for the seeds that had been dormant for a while. So after that uh, performance for the 80th birthday and uh, getting to know so many of the people uh, who really have a foundational understanding of Justice Ginsburg's life and context, I thought, I will try to pull together enough texts to create a true portrait of her, both from other people's perspectives and from her own writings. Well, there you have it, folks, a, a kind of brain trust, talent scouting, and uh, when in the longest, deepest sense that I, I think if it weren't for this kind of heft that you were bringing to your collaboration, I think she would have shut this project down, don't you think? Well, um, <laughs> I think she has excellent taste, Yes, and I'm honored that she has approved of allowing to me, me to be part of the cottage industry that is RBG. Oh she doesn't always get to choose whether <laughs> exactly. things are, are created in her image or produced uh, for commercial release. Uh, in this case, none of us would have pursued this project at all if she didn't uh, enjoy it and, uh, and approve of it. And we, and we know she does because she has invited Patrice to sing various songs from the cycle at events she's been involved in for the last few years. Yes, and we're going to give people a chance to learn how to follow you. So if there's going to be any of this chamber music presented in our own communities, then we're, we'll, they'll have a chance to do that. Well, this, I'm, I guess I'm going to be a bit chronologic. I'm going to backstep a bit with um, a personal question to you, James. When you were in utero, do you think you heard more oral arguments or opera? That's a... That's an interesting question. Um, I have to re re try to remember how far, how early mother started arguing cases in, in front of the Supreme Court. I think that that might have been after, mostly after I was born. But there was certainly music always in the household. So I would say that would be more likely, uh, especially opera recordings. And of course, you know, um, I was, I'm sure, in utero when my parents were going to the opera, uh, especially at the New York City Opera and the Met in New York. Okay. For those of you who've just tuned in, my guests are Patrice Michaels and James Ginsburg. Patrice is the soprano performing, and she's composed the, uh, the lead role, and James is the producer of Notorious RBG in Song with pianist Kwang Hao Huang, accompanying Ms. Michaels on Sadie Records. Well, you call it, Patrice, you're being a docent walking people through the life of RBG Insong. Talk about the voices that you're presenting. Well, I tried to incorporate all of the essential voices, uh, and that means primarily her mother, she often credits Celia Amsterbader with being the most important influence in her life. 
her father-in-law, whom she called father, with giving her very sound advice that actually allowed her to spread her wings in a way that I don't think very many fathers-in-law would have done. Certainly not in the mid-1950s. Indeed. Her husband, with whom she argued only one case, uh, but that case really set up their lives and her life in particular for a complete change of direction in the law and has given us a tremendous legacy. Uh, her two children, her older child, Jane, um, who has in some ways followed in her footsteps as a wonderful legal mind uh, and who grew up in the early 60s when many mothers were still worrying about whether it was okay for them to have a job outside the house. Her naughty little boy, who came along 10 years later. That might be James. That would be James, yes. And uh, the part of his life that I chose to tell is actually at his request, a story from those naughty days that his mother really enjoys. Then we have the dissenting opinions, which I knew would be a critical component to this cycle and uh, a pretty daunting task to decide that you're going to set a dissenting opinion, not one, but five, in a song. Wow. But I'm, I'm very pleased with the way the structure and the, the uh, expression of that song came out. Uh, it includes a gavel that was actually given to me by my mother-in-law, Justice Ginsburg. And that gavel is used to start and end every opinion. And it includes a speaker who explains what the case is, as well as the sung dissent and a comment by Justice Ginsburg at the end. I will continue to give voice to my dissent if, in my judgment, the court veers in the wrong direction when important matters are at stake. So that was very satisfying to set. And then finally, a a more um, informal uh, conversation with Justice Ginsburg in which she's asked, what do you think a president should look for in a Supreme Court justice? And what about polarization? Well, she answers at length in words about the qualities that a justice should have. And then I chose to set her answer about polarization uh, as a tribute to her love of singing and her desire that her fantasy career as grand opera diva could be given voice. So uh, after she says, oh, yes, and about polarization, the whole cycle ends with a vocalese, uh, high-flying, stratospheric singing with no words. Which reflects Mother's uh, comment that she's made many times that her dream vocation, uh, had she not been in law, would have been as a grand opera diva. So I'm going to put in a request now that this revelation about Patrice's uh, relationship to RBG is that another collaboration later that you will sing a manual on how to be a first-rate mother-in-law. I'll set that request aside. So that's that's beautiful. Well, and so now you've kind of mentioned this around the edges. Both of you talk about how you're blending the genres classical and jazz, something about which you've done extensively in both of your careers. 
Well, I, I would say that's uh, mainly for Patrice. Uh, the way Sadie Records works is really these wonderful Chicago artists come to me with their ideas, and many of them, uh, yes, do have ideas that cross boundaries or genres, uh, uh, not not only jazz, but uh, I think of groups like Eighth Blackbird, which has won four Grammys for the uh, label, and I think one reason for their success is their tendency to push the envelope and, and expand the boundaries of what we call classical music, and Patrice, uh, both on her previous album, Intersection Meets the uh, Jazz Meets Classical Song, and this new album, pushes our uh, boundaries a little bit in two different directions. Uh, and then how she merges the two, I think uh, you should talk about. Well, this is my chance to shout out to my homeland because I grew up in Southern California, yeah. Montclair, to right. be specific. Okay. Did, did my undergrad at Pomona and uh, still have friends in Irvine. Hi, Irvine. Yeah, that's where we uh, are. And when I grew up, there were two jazz radio stations. And I loved listening, and I was fortunate to be able to get to some clubs now and again. And I just still find that the art of uh, jazz musicianship is the highest art for me as a musician. So although my career has taken me in a slightly different direction as a singer, my voice, my personal musical voice, clearly is an amalgam of jazz and classical music. So as a composer, I don't actually have a choice. That's who I am. That's how it comes out. And fortunately, this project deals with a period of time from 1940s to the present in the United States. So to me, it feels like what could be more natural? The harmonic language, uh, some of the structure makes sense to me as a sort of jazz meets classical project. And how did you come together with pianist Kwang Hao Huang? And I hope I've not slaughtered it too much. I, I, no, you have exactly said it right. beautifully. Oh, I am thank so you. pleased. Oh, well, so and, talk about meeting up with him and organizing this jazz principle with him. Well, little did I know until our very first rehearsal together, which I went to with great trepidation because I knew Kwang Hao's playing from recordings and from hearing him in a concert or two. I felt he was the greatest uh, collaborative pianist in Chicago. And when he said yes to our previous project, Intersection Jazz Meets Classical Song, I was over the moon. But at our first rehearsal, I was pretty nervous. I didn't know if I would measure up. Come to find out, Kwang Hao is actually also... A, a trombonist no. from a way back. Wow. Yes, and he loves jazz. So uh, we were fortunate to find that this corner of our lives could be, well, so a room in our lives, I suppose. We could both open the door to this in a, a new way, in a special way. A lot of fun collaborating on this. And so in fact, in the, on the previous album, Kwang Hao even gets to do some jazz solos, uh, preludes in a jazz style by... Uh, Kapustin, which are really great fun, and they they're used to to uh, break up the uh, the different sets of songs on that album. So, I want to talk about how the notorious RBG in song 
is getting a lot of projects done on a lot of levels, American history, advocacy of policies, cultural winking, as we were talking about earlier, to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's profound love of opera. So you had so many themes on so many levels to thread in there. How it must have been an editing and a kind of a, it's a, it's a mastery of composition in so many directions, levels. Well, thank you. But I have to say it's so organic because it comes out of our all of our deepest experiences, um, perhaps because I'm the new kid on the block in the family. Jim and I have only been married for almost eight years, uh, and we've been uh, colleagues for, what, 20 four years or something um, like that. Over 25 now. Oh, my gosh. We're getting so old. <laughs> nope. Um, I, I knew the family in a sort of peripheral sense for some time, and I was very honored to be invited to sing uh, at one of the court concerts with John Browning, the incredible contemporary music pianist from uh, the mid to late 20th century, championed Samuel Barber's works and many others. So I've had, I had these experiences that were deep but not intimate, and then uh, joining into the family in 2010 and having the year before to get to know everyone in a, in a more personal way, that has really brought a perspective, I think, to what the family is that I suppose I, I can think about because I am an outsider in a sense. But then taking the scholarly approach to the history of the family, uh, I just feel like I've learned so much and grown so much into an understanding of who everyone is and and why it became such a profound influence on our general culture. It's been fabulous. So I Besides, would... I like. Yes. I like being married to I like being married to Jim Ginsburg. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's talk then uh, as we're winding the interview down, the family reaction and others reactions to RBG and notorious RBG and song. Well, my mother's uh I'm really delighted with it uh, as I may have mentioned before. Yes. She's invited Patrice to sing various songs from the cycle uh, at uh, different occasions uh where she's been presenting uh, both in legal circles, such as the Second Circuit Judicial Conference. Uh, she's the justice overseeing that circuit. That's the one that includes her home state of New York. Uh, and also at presentations at places like uh, Glimmerglass Opera in Santa Fe, uh, where she has invited Patrice to uh, actually, as the cycle is being ridden, so whatever the newest songs were, these would make uh, their way on to uh, usually getting their public premieres at these various events that mom was involved in. So that's how much she was enjoying the process as it was going along. And upcoming next week, uh, there's a an event at the National Museum of Women in the Arts ah. celebrating her 25 years on the Supreme Court. And I am so thrilled that other singers will be singing my song cycle. A reason to be in D.C., for sure. Sorry? Mm -hmm. Yes. And some, and some pretty significant names, uh, mezzo-soprano Janae Bridges and soprano Susanna Phillips will be splitting the cycle. Along with Capital Hearings, the D.C.-based vocal ensemble, 
who will be doing a four-part version of the eighth movement, the dissenting opinions. So that will be a world premiere, the uh, choral setting there. So folks can follow this on sadirecords.org. I'll put that up in the podcast summary. And uh, is, is there another way that they can follow all of these performances? So we can Sure. You, yeah, you can go to patricemichaels.com and Facebook page, Notorious RBG and Song and Notorious RBG. And uh, I will add that there's also something we created on Spotify. In addition, of course, this album is available on Spotify. But uh, in conjunction with it, we put up, uh, based on an article that was in The New Yorker about six years ago now by Alex Ross, where he did a listing of some of my mother's favorite uh, recordings, oh. mostly operas. And so I chose excerpts from each of those uh, recordings. And there's a Spotify uh, playlist uh um, uh, no, uh, uh, notorious uh, RB. I think it's called Notorious. It's uh, our Ruth Bader Ginsburg's favorite recordings. Basically, is, is that Spotify list? I mean, that's that's a tribute to her. Is that there's so many adoring nicknames and full names and all and reverential names for her. So, I I just I think I want to say that this eight year marriage of such with such force. It's got to be as it continues and deepens and the collaboration deepens, it's got to be a registering of Martin's appreciation of the work you're doing for, from where Martin is at this point. Uh, well, no doubt. And uh, I think it, it, I'm so happy that Patrice got to know my father yes. a little bit uh, before he passed away. Um, and I think the fourth song in the cycle on working together mm. is, uh, includes basically a musical portrait of my father. In fact, do you want to talk about your baseline there? Well, I, I try to create a motive for each of the personalities that uh, is in some way related to their name. So you'll often hear three-note melodic figures that are recognizable as motivic creations. But in Martin's case, I really wanted something that would uh, show his sly wit. So I created a walking bass line wow. in 5-4 time that I think really shows uh, his personality so well. It's well, a lot of fun. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you, both of you, for taking the time on your busy launching schedule these several weeks. It's a great pleasure to talk with you and hear your questions, Claudia. Thank you. I yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you. My guests were Patrice Michaels and James Ginsburg. Patrice is the soprano and the composer performing in the lead role, and James is the producer of Notorious RBG in Song with pianist Kwang Hao Huang accompanying Ms. Michaels on City Records. We're going to go out with Scalia Ginsburg, a track on Notorious RBG in Song. <laughs> 